Welcome to the Lit Baron of Life. This is your host, Lucas Taylor. Today, I'm going to be reading Esther 6 through 10. The king honors Mordecai. That night, sleep deserted the king. So he ordered the book of the Chronicles, the record of his reign, be brought in and read before the king. It was found recorded there that Mordecai had revealed the Bigthana and Teresha, two of the king's eunuchs who guarded the door, had conspired to kill King Aserus. The king asked, what honor or recognition has been shown to Mordecai for this? The king's servant that had attended him replied, nothing has been done for him. The king said, who is in the courtyard? Now Haman had just came into the outer court of the king's palace to speak to the king about hanging Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. The king's servants answered him, Haman is standing in the courtyard. The king said, let him in, let him come in. When Haman entered, the king asked him, what should be done for a man whom the king desires to honor? Now Haman thought to himself, whom would the king desire to honor rather than me? So Haman replied, For the man whom the king desires to honor, let them bring a royal robe that the king has worn and a horse on which the king has ridden, one with a royal crest placed on his head. Then let the robe and the horse be placed into the hand of one of the king's most noble princes. Let them clothe the man whom the king desires to honor and parade him on horseback through the city streets proclaiming, this is what is done for a man the king desires to honor. The king said to Haman, go quickly, take the robe and the horse just as you suggested for Mordecai, the Jew who sits at the king's gate. Do not neglect anything that you recommended. So Haman took the robe and the horse, robed Mordecai, and paraded him through the cities, proclaiming, This is what is done for the man whom the king desires to honor. Afterwards, Mordecai then returned to the king's gate, but Haman rushed his home, grief-stricken and with his head covered. Haman recounted to his wife Zeresh and all his friends everything that had happened to him. His advisors and his wife Zeresh said to him, Since Mordecai, before whom you have begun, your downfall is of Jewish descent. You won't be able to stand against him. In fact, you will certainly fall before him. While they were still talking with him, the king's eunuchs came and hurried Haman along to the banquet Esther had prepared. Esther intercedes for her people. So the king and Haman came together to dine with Queen Esther. As they were drinking wine on the second day, the king asked Esther again, Whatever you request, even as much as half of the kingdom, it will be given to you. So Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor in the eyes of the king, and if it pleases the king, grant me my life. This is my petition, and spare the life of my people. This is my request, for we have been sold, and, uh, and I and my people for destruction slaughter and annihilation 
If we had been sold as male and female slaves, I would have remained silent, for such distress would not be worth disturbing the king. King Ahasuerus responded to Queen Esther, Who is he? Where is the man that presumed to do this? Esther replied, The man, the adversary, and foe is the wicked Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and queen. Enraged, the king got up from the banquet of wine and withdrew to the garden, the palace garden. But Haman stayed behind to plead with Queen Esther for his life, for he realized that the king had determined a catastrophic end for him. When the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet hall, Haman was fallen on the same couch where Esther was. King exclaimed, Will he also assault the queen while she is with me in the palace? As soon as these words came out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Harbona, one of the eunuchs attending the king, said, Look, a gallows fifty cubits high is standing next to Haman's house. Haman himself made it for Mordecai, who spoke good. On behalf of the king, the king said, Hang it, hang him on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's rage subsided. A decree to protest, protect the Jews. The same day, King Ahasuerus gave Queen Esther the estate of Haman, the enemy of the Jews. Then Mordecai came into the presence of the king, for Esther had revealed how he was related to her. The king took off his signet ring, which he had taken back from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. Esther then appointed Mordecai over Haman's estate. Esther again pleaded with the king, falling at his feet and weeping. She pleaded with him to stop the evil of Haman the Agagite and his plan that had been devised against the Jews. Then the king extended the golden scepter to Esther, and she arose and stood before the king. She said, If it pleases the king, and if I have found favor before him, and it seems right to the king, and if I am pleasing in his eyes, let an edict be written, rescinding the dispatches devised by Haman the son of Hamedetha, the Agagite, which he wrote to destroy the Jews who were throughout the king's provinces. For how can I endure seeing the disaster that will fall on my people? How can I bear to see the destruction of my relatives? King Asuras said to the queen, Esther, and Mordecai the Jew, I have decided to give Haman's estate to Esther and had him hanged on the gallows because he stretched out his hand against the Jews. Now write in the king's name on the behalf of the Jews what seems good to you and seal it with the king's signet ring. For a decree that is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring cannot be revoked. So the king's scribes were called at that time, on the twenty-third day of the third month, the month of Sivan, it, it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded, to all the Jews, as well as the officials, 
governors and advisors of all the 127 provinces that stretch out from India to Ethiopia. To each province it was written in its own script and its own language, and also to the Jews in their own writing and language. This decree was written in the name of King Assyrus, sealed with the king's ring, and sent on horseback by carriers who rode on the king's horses, specially bred for their speed. The king granted the right for Jews in every city to assemble themselves and to protect themselves, to destroy, kill, and annihilate any army of any people or province that might attack them, their women and children, and to plunder their possessions. The day appointed for this in all the provinces of King Assyrus was the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, the month of Adar. A copy of the written edict was distributed to every province and made known to the peoples of every nationality so that the Jews would be ready on that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. The couriers that rode royal horses raced out, pressed on by the king's command. The decrees was also given out at the palace at Shashan. Then Mordecai went out from the king's presence in blue and white royal robes with a large gold crown and also a purple robe of fine linen. The city of Shashan shouted and rejoiced, for the Jews there was light and gladness and joy and honor throughout every province and throughout every city. The, um, wherever the king's edict and his law went, the Jews had gladness and joy, banquets and holidays. Many peoples of the land became Jews because of the fear of the Jews had overcome them. Jews defend themselves. Consequently, on the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, that is the month of Adar, the king's edict and his law drew near to be carried out. On that day the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them. But contrary to expectations, the Jews gained the upper hand over those that hated them. Jews assembled in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Assyrus in order to lay hands on those seeking their harm. No one was able to stand against them, for the fear of them had fallen on all the peoples. Even all the administrators of the provinces, the officers and the governors, and those doing business for the king helped the Jews, for the dread of Mordecai had fallen on them. Mordecai was prominent at the palace, and his fame spread throughout all the provinces. The man Mordecai was growing ever more powerful. The Jews struck down all their enemies with the sword, killing and destroying, and they did whatever they wished to those who hated them. In the citadel of Shashan, the Jews killed and destroyed 500 people, including the Parshanata, Tha, Delphon, Aspatha, Puratha, Adalia, Adritha, Parmishthatha, Arisai, Eridai, and Abias Atha, the ten sons of Haman, the son of Hamath Deratha, the enemy of the Jews. They slew them but did not lay their hands on the plunder, 
On that day, the number of those that were killed in the citadel at Shashan was brought to the king's attention. Then the king said to Queen Esther, The Jews have killed and destroyed 500 men in the citadel of Shashan, including Haman's ten sons. What have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now, what is your request? It shall be granted to you. What other petition do you have? It shall be done. If it please the king, Esther said, let the Jews and Shashan be allowed to carry out today's edict tomorrow also, and let Haman's ten sons be hanged on the gallows. The king commanded that this be done. A decree was issued in Shashan, and they hanged Haman's ten sons. The Jews and Shashan gathered together on the fourteenth day of the month of Adar, and they killed three hundred men in Shashan, but they did not put up their hands on the plunder. Meanwhile, the rest of the Jews who were in the king's provinces gathered together to protect themselves and to get relief from their enemies. They killed seventy-five thousand of their enemies, but they did not lay their hands on the plunder. This happened on the thirteenth day of Adar, and on the fourteenth day they rested, making it a day of feasting and gladness. But the Jews that were in Shishan had assembled on the thirteenth and the fourteenth, and on the fifteenth they rested, making it a day of feasting and gladness. That is why the ruler, rural Jews, those living in unwalled villages make the fourteenth day of the month of Adar a day of gladness and feasting, a day of sending presents of food to one another. Purim festivals. Mordecai recorded these events, and he sent letters to all the Jews throughout the province of the of King As Asuras, both near and far, urging them to celebrate the fourteenth and fifteenth day of Adar every year, as the days when the Jews got relief from their enemies, and as the month when their, their sorrow was turned into joy and their mourning into celebration. These were to be days of feasting, celebration, and sending presents of food to one another and giving gifts to the poor. So the Jews agreed to continue commemoration they had begun and do what Mordecai had written to them. For Haman, son Hamedatha, and the Agagite, the enemy of all the Jews, had schemed against the Jews to destroy them and had cast the pur, that is, the lot, to ruin and destroy them. But when it came to the king's attention, he issued a written edict that the wicked scheme Haman had devised against the Jews should come back on his own head, and that he and his son should be hanged on the gallows. For, the re for this reason, these days were called Purim, for the word pur. Therefore, because of everything in this letter, and because of what they had seen, and what happened to them. The Jews established and took upon themselves, upon their descendants, and upon all who joined them, that they would commemorate these two days in the way prescribed and appointed time every year. These days would be remembered and observed in every generation by every family, in every province, in every city. These days of Purim should not fail from among the Jews, nor the remembrance from their 
remembrance perish from their descendants. The Queen Esther, the daughter of Abihail and Mordecai, the Jew, wrote with full authority to confirm the second letter of Purim. He sent letters to all the Jews in the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Assyrus. The words of shalom and truth to establish these days of Purim at their dest destined times, just as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther had decreed for them, and just as they had established for themselves and their descendants matters regarding their times of fasting and lamentations. Esther commanded, confirmed these regular regulations about Purim and it was written into the records. Now King Assyrus imposed a tribute upon the entire land, even to the coastlines of the sea, all the acts of his power and might, along with the full account of the greatness of Mordecai and the story of how the king promoted him, and they not they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia, for Mordecai the Jew was second only to King Assyrus, preeminent among, preeminent among the Jews and held in high esteem by the multitude of his people. He sought their good and spoke about the welfare of his descendants. And that concludes reading Esther 6 through 10. If you want to look at my recommended resources about what I just read, just go down into the description or the show notes. Also, uh, Purim is coming up pretty pretty soon. It's, uh, I think it's going to be happening on like the 16th. So, happy Purim. And today's fortune cookie is you are soon going to change your present line of work. That's interesting. Well kind of have multiple lines of work. I mean, I don't work officially, but I own a business where I run a podcast and YouTube channels and t-shirts and stuff, so I don't plan on changing anytime soon, but I don't know. And now for today's national days. Today is National Anthem Day. Never really said the anthem, to be honest. In school, that is. I don't know. Really that patriotic, I guess. And then also, National Soup It Forward Day, you know. Make somebody a soup, you know. Soup can warm the soul, I suppose. And National Cold Cuts Day. Pretty sure that has something to do with lunch meat. I love lunch meat. I like, uh, I like turkey lunch meat. I'm not sure if that's what they're referring to, but you know. And it's also National Mold Wine. Like, not moldy, but like M-U-L-L-E-D Wine Day. And National I Want You To Be Happy Day. Reminds me of some song. I forgot what, what it's called, but it's like, I want you to be happier or something. Man, I'm a terrible singer. Uh, but... You and me, uh, me and you, I want you to be happier, I don't know, something like that. And the deep question of today from thoughtcatalog.com, not a sponsor, is, 
Is what you're doing now what you've always wanted to do growing up? Uh, well, to be honest, I still feel like I'm growing up, you know? I'm only 19, still feel kind of like a kid, I guess. Uh, but I am doing a lot more than before. I have a YouTube channel, not very active, other than the podcast YouTube channel. I have a business, you know, that's kind of what I've always wanted to do. I'm not quite a film director yet, like a, or a film person officially. Um, but I do do some edits. I've been helping some people I know uh, do editing and photos. And so, yes and no. I'm doing more than what I was before, but I'm not quite in like the end game of my career dreams, I suppose. But what about you? If you want to respond to this question, um, leave a leave a, a recorded uh, response. Try to keep it within like 30 seconds if you can. And uh, I'll leave a link to uh, the anchor so you can leave that response down below in the description or the show notes. And if you like all that you heard, please consider sharing this show and following or subscribing, whatever you do on your particular uh, format.